Okay, I'm going to read this. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14. I'm going to read it a little bit slow. I want you to just let it wash over you and see what catches your attention, okay? Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14. Look, the highest heavens and the earth and everything in it all belong to the Lord your God. All of it. Yet the Lord chose your ancestors as the objects of his love. And he chose you, their descendants, above all other nations, as is evident today. Therefore, change your hearts and stop being stubborn. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God, who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. So you too must show love to foreigners, for you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and worship him and cling to him. Your oaths must be in his name alone. He alone is your God, the only one who is worthy of praise, the one who has done these mighty miracles that you have seen with your own eyes. Now, what caught you, right? What caught your attention? What grabbed you as we were reading this? On Monday, this was the scripture that we used in our, in our reading plan in our Facebook group. And Monday was the day that we actually meditate on scripture and we pray in response to that. And so some of us already have seen this scripture and did that. And different ones of us were caught by different things. And probably some of you were caught by some of the different things that the people online were. So some of us were really caught by this concept of, of that God is a God of justice and also compassion at the same time. And, and some of us were caught by the idea that, that God is, is huge and transcendent and, you know, just over everything, infinite and, and no beginning, no end and all powerful and all, and at the same time, very near and very personal and a God who cares about people and especially cares about, about the most vulnerable people, widows and orphans and, and the ones who are on the fringes, the ones who are on, on the margins, the foreigners in the crowd. That's, that's who God cares about. And then some people had, had this response and, and noticed they were caught in the scripture by this idea that, that um, God is a God um, who, who chose his people, that people were chosen, and therefore there was this responsibility to change, right? Chosen, therefore change. And, and me, I was caught, um, as I read this scripture, between what was really clearly a direct link, what I saw as a direct link between loving God and obeying God, that the two things go together and different people catch different things. Now, when you're looking at a, at a specific scripture, here's a little freebie for you. You need to not just take a verse and yank it out and then just go, well, this is what it means. It's one of, the, one of the most basic things you can do when you're studying scripture is to look at the context. Say that word with me, context. Ready? One, two, three. Con- context. This, again, this side, you guys are just, you're quieter and you're more thoughtful and I appreciate that about you, okay? So context is one of the, and it's good to get understanding. And so obviously this scripture that we just read, somebody's talking to somebody, 
Somebody's talking to somebody else. And obviously this, this portion that we just read is in the middle of a bigger somebody talking to somebody else. And, and it's a bigger uh, uh, speech that's happening. And so I thought, well, why don't I just back up a little bit and get to the beginning so that I can see what the context is. And so I backed up. And then I backed up some more. And then I, I backed up some more. Have you ever been talking to someone and they just keep talking and talking and talking and talking? Not me. Okay, but others, right, that just keep on talking. Well, this is, this is what's happening. So, so this, this thing that we just read, it's Moses talking, by the way. And he's talking to the Israelite people. He's talking to the people that he's been leading. Now, Moses, if you're not familiar with him, Moses is the guy who brought them out of slavery in Egypt. They had been there for, in slavery for centuries. And you might have heard little snippets of stories about ten plagues and about parting the Red Sea and the Israelites walking over on dry land. That's Moses. He's the guy that did all that with, with God's help. He's the guy that led them. And, and now he's been, he, he brought them out of Egypt, got them across the Red Sea. They've been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years and they're heading towards the promised land, the land that God has promised to give them. And Moses is not going with them to the promised land. He's, he's not going along with them. He's at the end of his journey. And so he knows they're at the end of the journey. He has spent 40 years with them. And before they move on without him, he's got something to say. And over 40 years, you build up a lot of things that you want to say. And so this particular speech, which isn't all of it, but this particular one actually starts five chapters earlier in Deuteronomy chapter five. And I thought, I'll just give you the short version so that you know what, what we're looking at in Deuteronomy chapter 10. So in chapter five, Moses starts this whole thing off by saying, okay, guys, I got to talk to you. And he says, the point of what I'm about to say is I want you to, you have to learn and obey God's laws. That's the point of what he wants to tell them. But he explains that, this learning and obeying thing, he explains it in the context of their history and of their story. He ties it right in with their lives and their own history. And so he says things like, remember, do you remember the Ten Commandments? Remember that? Do you remember um, that you were slaves and that God rescued you? Do you remember that you said you were going to obey God? So he's saying you have to learn and obey God's laws, but he's tying it in with their own history and their own story. And he wraps up chapter 5 with verses 32 and 33. It says, so Moses told the people, you must be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God, following his instructions in every detail. Stay on the path. Say that with me. Stay on the path. I lost my place. That the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long and prosperous lives in the land you're about to enter and occupy. So, so there's this thing here, this idea here that the relationship with God and the promises of God are directly connected to obedience to staying on the path. Okay. That's chapter five. Then in Deuteronomy chapter six, the next chapter, he, again, he says, listen, hello, the point is to learn and obey. That's what he's saying to them. But he says it's connected to relationship. And so in in chapter six, verse five, he says, love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And in verse six, the very next verse, he says, and obey. 
So you can't separate the two. They go together. The loving God and obeying God, they all, they go together. And again, the remembering is a big part of it too. This, this ongoing, you have to remember. He says, I want you to tell the stories. Remember the stories of where you came from and what God has done in your life. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget what God has done. And it, it's part of the whole thing. And then in chapter 7... Um, he emphasizes, Moses, as he's talking to them, he emphasizes that Israel is a chosen nation. They're chosen. And then he says, but it's not because you're so special. He, he's really specific about it. You're not chosen because you're strong. You're not chosen because you're smart. You're not chosen because you're dominant. You're, not cho- you're chosen even though you're the smallest and weakest of all. And, and, and so he points out this idea that they're chosen. And then again, he, he has this idea that obedience to God follows love for God. Obedience follows love. It's just a natural progression. And there's this wholehearted following of God. And he says, listen, when you get into the promised land, don't, don't get your faith mixed up with other faiths. Don't, don't bring them together and go, well, it's okay. All roads lead to, to God and all of that. It, it calls for this separateness and calls for this holiness. And don't let your faith get watered down, even while you're being kind to your neighbor. And so that's in chapter seven. And then in chapter eight, again, he talks about obedience and he talks about the promises of blessing that are going to follow if they live in obedience to God. And then he specifically says, listen, when you get to the promised land, when you get to the place where, you, where I'm take, where God's taking you, you have to remember, you have to remember, you have to remember. You have to remember the lessons that you learned. Remember what you learned from manna when manna came down from the sky and God provided food for you. There was this lesson that God was going to provide for you and that you live by God's word, not just by bread. And then in verse six, he says, therefore obey again. And you see promises fulfilled. And then in verse 10, he says, be really thankful when you get to where you're going. And really praise when you get to where you're going. Because you have so much. But when you're there, when you're there in that new place and and everything's awesome. And things are going really well. And you're in the place where you know God has for you. When you get there, be careful. Don't, Don't let the plenty, don't let the awesomeness of everything, don't let that let you drift away, right? And, and lead you into disobedience. And so verse 14, he tells them, don't become proud and forget. He says, remember, remember, remember the Lord, your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant that he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. And so you're starting to see over and over and over again, these emerging themes where Moses, as he's talking to these people, he's telling them, obey, you have to obey. And he's telling them, remember, don't forget what it is that God has done for you. And he's begging them, stay on the right path. Make sure that you're intentional about all of that. And you have to, you have to love God and remember and obey and all these things. And then he gets to chapter nine and he says, listen, God has really blessed you. And let me explain to you that God has really blessed you and it's not because you're so good. (laughs) In fact, he says in verse six, he's a real diplomat, Moses is. He looks at the people and you know what he says to them? You are a stubborn people. (laughs) That's nice, eh? Just try that out. Turn turn to the person beside you. Just say, you are a stubborn people. (laughs) Just let it roll off your tongue. The person on the other side and go, you are a stubborn people too. Okay. 
And then, and then just turn to somebody, I don't know, a row in front of you and go, I am a stubborn people. Loudly, people. I am a stubborn people, right? And this is what he says. You are a stubborn people. And he starts reminding them that their story and all this time that they have spent in the wilderness and since they've come out of Egypt, it hasn't been all sunshine and roses, you know? It hasn't been all just wonderful. We're just worshiping God and everything's great all the time. He reminds them that their story has included times of rebellion and times of sin. And he looks at them and he goes, you are a stubborn people. Do you remember the golden calf? Remember? Remember? And for those that don't remember, that golden calf was, you know, they got out, they got out of Egypt and, and their God has saved them. They crossed the Red Sea and, and then Moses goes up the mountain of God to, because God calls him up there to, to get the Ten Commandments and all that. And he's gone for like seven seconds. And they go, well, I guess Moses is gone. He's probably dead. And well, I don't know where God is. So we better, we better make ourselves an idol. Everybody gather your jewelry together. We'll melt it down. We'll make a golden calf. And just like, just like that, they're in rebellion and they're sinning and they're worshiping this golden calf right after um, they've been rescued from Egypt. And so he's saying to them, uh, you're a stubborn people. You keep messing up. And, and we start seeing these references now in Deuteronomy 9, we start seeing references to prayer. And to Moses' prayer specifically. And so he says, then, when this golden calf incident happened, then as before, I threw myself down before the Lord for how long? 40 days and nights. Oh, 40 days of prayer. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. 40 days and nights. I ate no bread and drank no water because of the great sin you had committed by doing what the Lord hated, provoking him to anger. So Moses is in scripture giving us this pattern of 40 days of prayer. And so then he says again in verse 20, I prayed for Aaron because Aaron was the guy he left in charge when the golden calf incident happened. And Aaron should have had a grip on things and been able to lead a little better and and instead, he's like, well, I guess this is what the people want. And so he gives in to the golden calf thing. And so he had sinned and he had messed up big time. And Moses' response immediately is to just go face down and pray for Aaron. And he prays for mercy for him. And God answers and spares Aaron. And so Moses speaks fairly plainly to the Israelite people at this point. This is what he says in verse 24. Yeah, you've been rebelling against the Lord as long as I have known you. (laughs) 40 years he's known them. That's why I threw myself down before the Lord for 40 days and nights. For the Lord said he would destroy you. I prayed to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, do not destroy them. They are your own people. They are your special possession." whom you redeemed from Egypt by your mighty power and your strong hand. He keeps praying, please, O God, overlook the stubbornness and the awful sin of these people. And remember instead your servants, their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God, if you destroy these people, the Egyptians will say, oh, see, the Israelites died because the Lord wasn't able to bring them to the land he had promised to give them. Or God, they might say he destroyed them because he hated them. He deliberately took them into the wilderness to slaughter them. But they're your people and your special possession, O God, whom you brought out of Egypt by your great strength and your powerful arm. And it's back to that sense of being chosen. God, these are your people. And Moses prays for them. 
And then we finally get to chapter 10. This has all just been the context for chapter 10 of what we started with. We finally get to chapter 10. And again, he makes this reference to, to praying for 40 days and 40 nights. And then he says in verse 11, Then the Lord said to me, Get up and resume the journey and lead the people to the land I swore to give to their ancestors so that they may take possession of it. God said to Moses, you prayed, good, you prayed, prayer mattered. Now get up, keep going, lead them where they're supposed to go, do the work. How many know that prayer is an absolutely essential part of being a follower of Jesus, right? But it's not everything. Some people think prayer is everything. All we do is pray. No, there's work to be done too. And so we do the prayer. And then when we're done praying, we get up and we go do the work. That's just, that's just for free. And so, so there's these themes all the way through um, this whole speech that Moses has been giving. There are these themes that have emerged of, of a loving, worshipful relationship with God. And, and, and it's directly connected with obedience of God's laws. The two things go together. And, and then there's this theme of remembering the stories, remembering and telling the stories of what God has done, of God's work in their lives, and, and staying on track through remembering and staying on track by praying. And all of that leads us into the scripture that we meditated on on Monday, which, which I read to you at the beginning, and I'm going to read to you again. But now I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the listeners, okay? I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the people that have been listening to Moses talk. They're hearing their leaders speak. This is the guy who has been with them since Egypt, who brought them out of Egypt. They're listening to this one who knows them. Oh, he knows them really well. And they're listening to this one that knows their history and this one who has walked with them for 40 years and who is now longing for them not to forget and longing for them to hang on to everything God has given them as they move forward into the next thing that God has for them. He wants them to continue as God's people. And so put yourself in their shoes, are you there? Imagine, and hear Moses' words, hear his heart. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. Look, the highest heavens and the earth and everything in it all belong to the Lord your God. And yet, the Lord chose your ancestors as the objects of his love. And he chose you their descendants above all other nations, as is evident today. Therefore, change your hearts and stop being stubborn. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God, who shows no partiality, And cannot be bribed. 
He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you. And he gives them food and clothing so you too must show love to foreigners. For you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and worship him and cling to him. And your oaths must be in his name alone. He alone is your God, the only one who's worthy of your praise, the one who's done these mighty miracles that you've seen with your own eyes. Hear those words? Hear hear what Moses is saying to these people? You're, You're chosen by God. Therefore, change your heart. The God of the universe chose you. Therefore, change your heart. You you serve a God who is mighty and awesome and who is not swayed by politics and who doesn't get swayed by power struggles. And, And that God that you serve is a God who cares about justice and who cares about helping people. This is a God who cares about love, especially for vulnerable people, widows, orphans, foreigners, is what the Bible says, people on the margins, people on the fringes. Remember your own history, because you were once vulnerable, and God rescued you. So worship and obey God exclusively and wholeheartedly and without any exception. The whole thing is all intertwined. Now, let's turn it into prayer because we're in 40 days of prayer. And let's, let's just start on our own where we are. So in your seat, where you are, just just quietly and on your own, close your eyes if it helps you to focus, whatever you need to do. And first of all, in, in humility and in quietness, just hear God say to you, I've chosen you. I've chosen you. God has chosen you. You. Isn't that amazing? The God of the universe, no beginning, no end, all-powerful, all-knowing, huge, overall, in all and through all, and he chose you. Just let that sink in. Therefore, change your heart. This is where we just quietly pray. We pray confession. We pray repentance. God, I'm a stubborn people sometimes. <laughs> Show me where the stubborn parts are in my own heart, in my life. 
And as God shows that to you, God, I just, I repent. I choose to live differently. Ask him for forgiveness. Ask him to make you clean. And then, remember your own story. Remember your own, your own history of, of God at work in you. Ask God to remind you right now. Those moments when, when God helped you. Those moments when God saved you. Those moments when God um, gave you the guidance or the answer or the provision that you need. Remember your own story. As you in turn say, God, how do I turn around and help the next person? How do I help vulnerable people? How do I love them? How do I fight for justice? Just take a moment with that. And then here's what we're going to do. We've got a video that I want to show you in just a moment. And when it's done, I'm going to ask you to stand up and move together in small groups if you're okay doing that. If you're not, just stay where you are. And I'm going to ask you to come together in those small groups and take just a few moments and share the stories. Tell each other what God has done. Tell each other about God's work in you. And take a few moments to pray for each other. And to pray that God will show you how do I, how do I walk out God's purposes. That God will show you how to carry love and justice and compassion to your world. We're going to ask you to break into small groups for that. And then after a few moments of that, don't leave. We're going to all come back together. And we're going to worship that amazing God with all of our hearts. As soon as the video is done, I'm going to ask you to do that. Guys, would you just roll that for me? Pray to the Lord. Pray to him while he can be found. For he is near us whenever we pray. His eyes open, his ears attentive, listening to what is said in hearts and whispers. When tears fall down cheeks in silence, when no words can be said but thank you, according to his compassion, according to his kindness and his great love, he is our dwelling place. So cry aloud, call on him, bowed on bended knees, confess sins, offer petitions, watch and pray. Find your own mountainside, your own garden of Gethsemane. Pray in lonely places when things are good and not so good. Pray for those who are unable to pray for themselves. Stand guard, mind your post, stand on the wall in the gap as words lifted to God build bridges to nations. Prayers are seeds planted. Even if you never get to see them grow, God is the gardener paying close attention to the soil of prayers lifted for generations yet to be born. In the place of prayer is where peace can be found. And we may not know how or why, but we know who. And when you are spent of words to pray, he prays for you, taking all the things you can't give voice to, surrendering them at the feet of one who is all powerful, whose words extend past time, whose love is so wide and deep that it is immeasurable. 
Pray and don't give up. Pray earnestly. Raise your voice and quiet your soul that God may dwell in your heart. Pray when you're anxious. Pray when you're afraid. Be watchful and thankful. Pray continually. Pray to the Father, to a God who is faithful, to a God who hears. Cry out for the living God. Come on, church. Let's pray this morning. Would you stand? Just move into some small groups together. Take just a few moments. Start telling each other the stories of what God's done in your life. And take a few moments. Pray for each other. Pray for God to show you how to help people. Just start moving. Those of you that know how to pray, help the rest of them. Come together in little groups. And then we're all going to come together. We're going to worship God. Start telling the stories. This is what God did in my life. This is what I remember God did for me. Tell each other some of the things that God has done. one of you in your group just lead in prayer start praying for each other you can pray for the person that's on your right you can pray for the person that's on your left can pray that God will show the people in your group how to carry Jesus to people on the margins, people who are vulnerable. Let's take a few moments and pray. Pray for our city. Pray for this community right here around Evangel. All the new people coming, moving into condos. Pray for the people right outside our doors who are struggling with mental health. struggling with addictions struggling with poverty God show us how to pray show us how to pray ask God to break your heart for the things that matter to him God to show you how to stay on the path come on church pray
give you just one more minute. As you bring your prayers to a close, let's all come back together. And with all of our hearts and everything that's in us, let's worship our mighty, mighty God.